You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne. Sitting next to me, as always... Director of Fun and Games, and the glowing John Brazier. How are you, Tom? How are you, JB? I'm doing good. You doing well? You, doing well. You have the glow of a proud parent, and we're gonna we're gonna start right off with this, John, because I think it's really cool. I'm sure the listeners out out there want to know uh, exactly what's going on. You know what we do behind the scenes, and you got something big going on tomorrow, and we're just gonna jump right into it. Well, we are very fortunate to work for the Phillies, an organization where we have access to a lot of um, people, access to a lot of assets, and. Um, we're able to do nice things, which is great. We're in position to be able to do nice things. So my daughter, Charlotte, who's now 10, she'll be 11 soon, um, when she was born, she couldn't hold anything down. She was throwing everything up. Um, we didn't know what was, you know, you're a first-time parent. You don't know what's going on. And we took her to the best. We took her to CHOP. Um, and we did a lot of testing at CHOP um, and then eventually dealt with different doctors and found out it was acid reflux, but uh, so it was obviously something very minor. But going into CHOP and seeing kids that are obviously less fortunate just made a big impact on Jill and myself. Uh, and then obviously working with the Phillies, we deal with Children's Miracle Network and Nemours Hospital, and, and you know we're, we have access to a lot of these kids that are just in, in a bad way, that are um, sick. And so we wanted to make a do a little teaching moment for our, our daughter, and she actually it was her idea because she's always wanted to do something back for the kids at CHOP. So um, we said, all right, let's take advantage of some of the contacts that I have through the Phillies, and let's do an event. So tomorrow um, at CHOP from 2 to 4 in the main atrium, we're going to have, it's not open to the public, but we're going to have the patients, uh, a lot of the patients that can come down to the atrium, come down, and those that can't will be up on the monitors in the the rooms. And we're going to have two hours of fun. We're calling it the Jolly Jamboree, and we're going to have different uh, acts, entertainment acts. We're going to have our own Skip Denenberg, who's written a lot of the Fanatic songs. Yes, uh, and our intro music. And he's our intro song, and he's toured with Willie Nelson, an unbelievable guy, unbelievable musician. John Flynn, who we've hired many, many times to sing the national anthem. He does a great Canadian national anthem. Uh, He's a children's artist. He's written a lot of children's albums, and he's performed in schools and prisons and hospitals. So... Uh, he's going to perform. We have Joe Conklin. Uh, somehow he's going to have to tailor his, his comedy to kids, but he will do that. Uh, impersonation. Uh, he's an impersonator. Will he uh, impersonate like Kermit the Frog and uh, uh, Elmo? So. Elmo. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's not going to do Andy Reid or, uh, well, you know. Maybe. Maybe for the parents. Um, <laughs> but we also have a magician. And then we've got a lot of div- uh, a lot of celebrities, local athletes, uh, former athletes in Philadelphia. We've got Brian Propp. We've got... Uh, um, we got Hollis Thomas. We have Mike Mamola. We have Tom McGinnis, a radio announcer. We have Matt Cord, the PA announcer for the Sixers. Um, we have uh, Sean Landetta, longtime punter. Uh, Larry Anderson, the fanatic, and a lot of the a lot of the former athletes will be playing uh, little arcade games um, against the kids. And again, we're not raising money this year. I think next year that'll be part of it, um, and that's when we're going to have that fundraising uh, element to it. But right now, it's literally to provide two hours of fun 
for kids that need it at a time of year where they're not, you know, oftentimes around the holidays, whether it's Christmas or Easter or Valentine's Day, or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on at the hospital. Right now, there's not a whole lot going on. So we figured we'd find a time of the year and, again, provide two hours of joy, entertainment, and then we take it, hopefully take it to another level. But kudos to my daughter for really initiating this, and uh, it, it'll be a fun event. Yeah, that's what's so neat about it. I mean, uh, you must really be psyched that she came, kind of came up with it and recognized that, you know, there are kids who uh, are in bad way, you know. Yep. And then, again, yeah. we're just going to keep make this hopefully bigger and better. And, uh, and you know, we're just very blessed with great hospitals. Nemours is a phenomenal hospital. CHOP, we're, just, we're, we're, we're surrounded in this area with great, great uh, medical care. So we're very blessed. Awesome. Well, I thought it would be a cool way to start the uh, show by talking about that, John, because uh, September is uh, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And uh, every for the last few years, we've done more and more here at the Phillies. Uh, we've had uh, events going on all uh, month long, and we had a great day at the ballpark. Uh, last Sunday, we uh, entertained uh, numerous families, um, you know, the Fanatic paid them a visit in their suite, but they got a chance to do all kinds of things around the ballpark, change bases, dance with the Fanatic, do the announce lineups, the lineups yep. announce the lineups. That was actually two weeks ago. Just last Sunday, we hosted a couple other groups. And uh, just to see, uh, you know, the kids who have had tough years. You know, some of these kids are in remission. Uh, some are still in the middle of their treatments. And to see them just light up when yep. they come to they the ballpark. They forget about their illness for a while. Oh, yeah. And they, they, they get to experience what, you know, healthy kids can experience. Well, it's going to be a great day tomorrow. And kudos to you and your family, John. It's going to be great. I know my pal, the fanatic, is going to be there. He's pumped up. Um, I think uh, Cole Hamels is in town tomorrow night. And he has uh, uh, an event. He's, you know, got to love Cole. You know, he's still uh, involved here in the community. Is he going to be there or is it just his – I think it's his charity. I think I think uh, Ryan Howard will be there. Oh, that's right. Ryan will be there. So Cole – yeah, Cole won't be Cole there. Will right, be there, yeah. right. But, uh, but his foundation is hosting an event tomorrow night. So uh, it's really cool. And we had Shane Victorino in last month, and he still uh, is very active. Yeah, uh, the Boys and Girls Boys Club. Boys and Girls, and girls yep. Club. So uh, a lot of great stuff going on behind the scenes. Of course, we always – uh, you can't do it without our community relations yep. department, which does such a great job. All the folks there, they really throw their heart into it. And I know this month, especially uh, with so many of the, the great things we're doing with uh, around the pediatric care and, uh, cancer exactly awareness, right, it's Tom. been it's, great. It's, yep. And you know, and we are playing today. We had the last game against the Mets. Mm. Uh, and you know what? There's there's certain teams you just want to get out of here. <laughs> uh, the Mets are having a tough year, but they've got guys Conforto, and I mean they've got Jay Bruce, all these guys that kill us. That mm. Jeff. McLean or uh, what's his name? I don't even know. Jeff McLean is it? No, that's the that's the that's, yeah the second base. The Eagles been, been killing us, right? Yeah, uh, whatever his name is. I, what is his name? Rob McNeil. McNeil. That's right. We should remember that. Guy's it's, killing us. <laughs> McNeil's been killing so anyway, us. So anyway, they have the Mets have had a longtime PR guy, Jay Horowitz, and Jay is a, is an institution in in baseball. He's been with the Philly or he's been with the Mets since I think the early 80s and he's tra he never got married uh, I believed he lived in his mom's house in Staten Island and then <laughs> his mom right. passed and he still lives there and he's he's literally a baseball lifer and someone that that his he's married to his job well He's uh, the players all love him, right? But but he's also kind of funny because he's he doesn't know technology and he supposedly he's butt dialed millions of people throughout <laughs> the, you know he'll butt dial John Franco in the middle of the night and so anyway so these guys love playing practical jokes on him and we were at the uh, we had um, 
A couple of people were at the table the other day, and they're telling Jay Harwood stories. And they're saying one time, John Franco, the closer of the Mets, uh, he tied him up on a bench. He literally got that, that hospital wrap and just wrapped him, wrapped him, wrapped him uh, to a bench on his back. And they put sticky stuff on his face. And then they put sunflower seeds all over his face. And they put him out in the middle of, I guess it was Shea Field back then, and where all the <laughs> pigeons would come in and start attacking Jay. And this is a guy bed. they like and respect, right? Yeah. Yes, they, they, <laughs> what do they, they do to guys that they don't they, like they and put respect? Weight, they used to put weights in his briefcase. They Dallas Green had a history with yeah, him, Dallas too, Green right? Yeah, Dallas Green put weights in his, in his uh, book bag. Bobby Wine you know, used to torture the guy. Uh, but the one, the one time best, I guess his, one of his favorite movies was The Godfather. Yeah. And they went out to – they were at some – they went to some hotel, and they saw this horse. And it was like the, it was like this thing you could take off the, the uh, column, and it was a horse head, right? <laughs> and they said, you know what? They, they went to the guard, and they said, can you do me a favor? Can you can 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 we borrow that just and put it in someone's bed? So the guy guard got into it and he opened the door. He put the horse head, in, you know, fake horse head, in the bed. When Jay, they went up there because they followed Jay when he went into his room, and next thing you know, they heard this blood curdling scream. And and this guy is getting calls on the guard is right outside the door. He's getting calls on his phone. He's like, oh yeah, I got it handled, no problem. <laughs> so like, but we it just reminded me of Wheels. You know, Wheels. We've had Chris Wheeler oh, sure. on. Wheels is nowhere near Jay Horroway, you know, obviously different uh, wheels of broadcaster. But Wheels used to walk around with a briefcase all the time, and they used to steal that, and they used to hide it everywhere. They used to put it out in the infield, and they would take fungo bats and try to hit it. Then Wheels would run out on the field, you know, and have to take on incoming, you know, balls flying everywhere to get his briefcase back. So when I heard that, uh, the, the, uh, Dallas Green put a horse head in. Uh, <laughs> you thought it was real Jay. horse head. I, heard, I thought it was real, but then I was like, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. And then somebody mentioned Bobby Wine. I'm like, Bobby Wine. Bobby Wine, at spring training one year, put a, a real pig's head from a pig roast. He he somehow got the head of a pig roast and put it in Debbie Nacido, who Toilet. works in our market, <laughs> in her uh, bathtub. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> And I was down there at the time and uh, staying in the same hotel as Debbie, and she called me. Uh, I call. I can't remember who else came over. We we go over to her uh, her room, and there's this uh, pig, a, a real pig's head in there. And it was Bobby Wine who just couldn't stop laughing the next day when we said it was you, it was you. Well, remember the Biltmore, the Biltmore <laughs> where we used to stay in spring training. Yes. Uh, the Biltmore is known as like a haunted place. Yes. It, it had like that shining look. It was like the old New yeah, England yeah, style, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it was down in Florida, obviously. And one time we went into Nancy Nolan, who was, um, who was Bill Giles, I think, administrative assistant. And Nancy was terrified that this place was haunted. So she left the room. And we knew she was going to be gone for a while. She was going out to dinner somewhere in Clearwater. So I think a bunch of us went into the room with a guard's help. And we literally turned over the whole room. And, <laughs> and we wrote murder backwards oh, on, the, on the mirror and yeah, lipstick. Yeah, and yeah. We, we just talked. <laughs> she went in there and same thing. Actually, no. She didn't even get in there. The maid went in there to clean up, oh. and she went. And the maid went nuts, like thinking that this place is haunted. Like went running out the door, and so you mean that place wasn't haunted? That place was the spookiest hotel, all wooden hotel. They finally knocked it down, or you know, yeah. they renovated. Now but. Wheels is gonna be living there. Yeah, Wheels is gonna be living right next door to that place. Yeah, you expected some kid to be like walk uh, going down the hallway in a big wheel, right? <laughs> no, yeah, it's very creepy. Or Jack Nicholson would be knocking down somebody's door. Right. But uh, you know what, John? The fanatic will be very, very happy when the Mets 
just leave town too um, because once again I don't know what it is but Noah Syndergaard last night took the Fanatics four wheeler. I saw that. Yeah, he took How it. How did that happen? Well, the Fanatic came out to dan- it was Irish Heritage Night and um, he was out there dancing a little bit early with all the groups and left his bike unattended, his four wheeler unattended, and Syndergaard Wait, took it. Don't we have a commercial going on right now? Don't leave your keys in your car. <laughs> yeah. Scott Francis, the spokesperson. Pennsylvania yeah. auto theft. Auto theft. Right? That's well, right. You obviously were the fanatic wasn't listening to that commercial. Well, the fanatic doesn't wear pants, John. We've we've gone over this, so he has <laughs> no place true. to put his keys. So <laughs> it's there. But he took it, and then uh, and then one of the other relievers, and I don't know who it was, went running out, and I thought he was going to take the the keys. And thankfully, he didn't take the keys because the the car was in dead center field. And first ball was coming. The Fanatic had to leave the dancers, go to home plate, catch the first ball. If they had taken the keys, it would have been a mess. But Syndergaard, yeah, he has a thing uh, for that ATV. And by the way, uh, I walked uh, Jose Batista up to the pregame radio show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get about three-minute conversation as we're going up there. And we spent half the time talking about the Fanatic and and his exercise. (laughs) uh, The dual, uh, he was doing headstands, right? Yeah, he did a couple exercises. Fanatic matched him. And then when the Fanatic did his one-arm push-up. He he said he couldn't compete with with the one-arm push-up. He he likes the Fanatic. He loved it. Loved it. Because the Fanatic has met him. I have not met him yet. But the Fanatic has. You know, they hug it out when he got traded here to you know when we picked him up and uh but that's good he got a big smile on his face when we talked about the fanatic very nice very nice well yes so the mets are leaving john uh we're happy about that uh syndergaard's pitching against zach efflin tonight uh hopefully hey listen we're five and a half out 12 to play uh i heard uh, gabe on wip today and you know uh there's always a chance. Always a chance. Um, and, and just going back to the mascot, do you know, and I know you know, but I'm bringing it up to the, to the listeners, the Flyers, I heard, are mm. are they getting a new mascot? They're getting a new mascot. I, I don't know. know the Union yeah. Union got a new mascot? Yeah, we talked about that last week. Right. Yep. Fang is out there, and uh, he'll be doing his thing. And apparently the Flyers are getting a new mascot. It, I think it's going to look a lot like Flex, who was the okay. mascot for the Phantoms. So I think it's going to be kind of a, you know, kind of a human. It's I don't think it's going to be some furry creature. I think. He's and the Braves be. got a new mascot. Well, yeah, he's been out all year. Blooper. Oh yes, he's yeah. a, he's been all year. Yeah. So that yeah. video you showed me was from earlier. Yeah, earlier the season. Ha, yeah. Has has it gotten a better reception than I the beginning? Think so, and this is what we talked about last last week about Fang. Listen, there's some people like look at it. It doesn't look like a snake. It looks like this. Ah, you know. I I think if the fanatic came out. Okay, think about this. If the Fanatic came out, you know, this year with arrived social from, media, arrived in the Galapagos, like Galapagos in Islands, people would be like, "What's this?" You know, they, it would be the same thing. So I think it's just a, a little bit of a, a learning curve, right. I think, when it comes to mascots. And the Braves' so. ears are like suction, are like those, yeah, those they're suction they're cups, like conkers right? or something, right. plungers. Yeah. Like I think little tongues come out. Like that mascot got ripped because they, the Atlanta fans thought he looked like the Fanatic, like a, a white Fanatic. Right, right. And uh, I don't know. I don't really see it, but uh, it's all good, John. Kids are loving it. When is the Fanatic going to get pants? <laughs> There'll be no pants. <laughs> no, never pants? Nah, he just like he, he likes letting it fly, John, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Let the fur fly. <laughs> get your mind out of gutter, Frazier. Uh, hey, one other. We have a special announcement, too. This came out last week, and I know how excited. We're all excited about it. Got Rob Brooks here. He's pumped. John, I know you are. Special announcement. How about this? The Richie Ashburn Special Achievement Award that uh, goes to a member of the Phillies organization who demonstrates loyalty, loyalty dedication, and passion has been renamed. Is that the greatest thing? 
to Dave Montgomery. It's the Richie Ashburn Dave Montgomery Award. Yes, correct? it is the Richie and Ashburn and Dave Montgomery. Dave Montgomery, who, yep. you know, obviously is the uh, he's the chair now, right? Or is he, what is Dave's? Uh, was he chairman? Chairman, right? Yeah, chairman. So, I mean, I just I had a long conversation with Dave yesterday. For those that don't know, Dave Montgomery, longtime employee, longtime president, managing partner, and now chair. Uh, there is not another boss anybody could w- could have that is more fair, just kind, uh, humane, just the, the utmost respect for Dave Montgomery. And I think everybody that's ever worked for the guy uh, has the utmost respect. And just uh, it's always like, what would David do? And we followed that rule and, um, you know, going through some tough times right now. But God bless Dave. We, we love Dave. Yeah. And it's so appropriate, too, because this award goes to uh, somebody from the organization, generally a front office employee. And uh, actually, this year, it's going to Lee McDaniel, who's done a lot of work down in Clearwater in Florida, our Florida operation. But it really, you know, uh, employees get to nominate other employees. So it's really an employee-based award, Um, not really the scouts or the baseball end. It's really, you know, somebody from the organization in the front office. And David just has been the greatest leader for for, uh, our front office for all that time. And it just made so much sense when I saw that. I said, boy, that was a great idea by somebody. I think they were looking for a way to honor David. I think John Weber might have, uh, you know, mentioned let's let's you know rename the award Richie Ashburn and David and David's pumped because Richie Ashburn was his favorite player oh, yeah. growing up yeah, exactly you know? right so uh, we can't be more thrilled for David and uh, just uh, he's he's the best and it's going to be pretty cool on Sunday the fanatic will be uh, abusing Lee McDaniel when he gets the award down there on Sunday so that'll be cool all right well we got a great guest today don't we John we got the Murph Murph Greg Murphy is in the house and uh, he's going to be with us in a little bit so let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Greg Murphy. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. And we are back, Phillies backstage, and John, look who just walked in. The Murph! Greg Murphy, Phillies broadcaster. What, you didn't think people knew Greg Murphy? Of course everyone knew Greg (laughs) Murphy. No, you didn't. But for those that are listening in... in uh, Yakima, Washington. Exactly. That's right. right. <laughs> Welcome in, uh, Yakima. In, in Abu Dhabi, this is this is Murph. And you know what, Murph? You're glowing yeah. to you. We started the program because John's glowing because they're doing this great uh, event at Children's Hospital tomorrow. And okay. he's glowing like a proud parent because it was Charlotte who kind of came up with the idea. But you're glowing too because you're coming off the uh, the Irish Heritage Celebration. <laughs> it's a different kind <laughs> yes, of glow, isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> yeah. the, red is, the red nose is glowing. For some reason, that glow smells like Irish whiskey too. <laughs> How? Let's yeah. get to it. How Irish are you? Do you have relatives in Ireland? Uh, I don't have any direct relatives in Ireland anymore, okay. but I'm like I'm third generation. So my great grandparents came over from Ireland. My grandparents lived in Ireland as 
kids and then came over. And so. purebred, as far as uh, uh, as far as I know, hundred <laughs> okay. percent. I'm a I'm a Murphy and a Malloy. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure we haven't mixed up that gene pool too much. So. <laughs> You're part Jameson's, part Bushmills. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Throw a Guinness in there, please. So. A little dash of Guinness. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to be working. Have you, you ever know? been over there? I have twice. Twice. I've been to Ireland twice, um, and it is. Just it is such a magical place. It really mm. is. It's gorgeous. The people are are so friendly, and uh, it's the kind of country you can spend a week and and kind of see the whole country if you want. I shouldn't say the whole country. Separate the north and south. I've never been to Northern Ireland. I plan on getting there soon. But uh, the southern part of Ireland, it's very drivable. You can kind of do the whole thing. So. Play some golf. I was going to say, did you go with a, a guy group or have you gone well, with I went family? Twice. I went with family mm-hmm. the first time. Okay. And we were there for about nine days and drove all over the country. And then the second time I went, I went with my father, my brother, my brother-in-law, my uncles, my cousins, guy cousins, for a golf trip at Notre Dame Navy. We oh, went and saw the Notre baby. Dame Navy game. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was That's awesome. a whole different way of oh, seeing Ireland sure than with was. your family. You know, yeah. No offense. A lot but, of neon lights you know. on that trip. We saw a lot of neon lights. So <laughs> I'm going to London to see the uh, Eagles play the Jaguars. And I would love to do that. At Wembley Stadium. I'm going to Europe. Uh, soon, well, the end of October, I'm going to be traveling through Europe a little bit. So. John, it's John's fault, the Phillies. If we don't make the playoffs or the World Series, it's John's fault because he jinxed it. He booked that London trip. How dare before, you? Uh, you know, I did book it before, and then I it just didn't dawn on me. All of a sudden, it did dawn on me, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Although that would be a good decision to, or a good dilemma to be in. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. World Either Series. Going World London. Series or London with the Eagles. Yeah, they're, they're good choices in life. Yeah. I good, like that. Good choices. I'm still, I'm still holding out that you have to cancel your London trip. So. Oh, I, I hope I do. Yeah, me too. I always think of Ireland. I've never been there. Uh, what was the movie? Uh, a Werewolf in London? I know it was London, but remember they're in that small... <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I Let's know. see how he gets back to this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to see how he recovers from this one. You know? It's like that Australian movie. Wait, Wait a minute. Remember that movie that we shot in Ireland? <laughs> Werewolf in London? What was that Canadian movie? Was it called Werewolves in London? What? Werewolves in London. That's a movie. London. Yeah, and so, so high, you yeah. know, in like the beginning scene when they're like going to the little village yeah. and they're drinking in a small little yeah. like bar, and it's just like a little village. You know, that's kind of how I picture Ireland. Like people just going, "Come on in and have a pint." You know, <laughs> is that how it is? Maybe your second trip with your boys. It but, was uh, very much like that, and and the, and the pubs are are very much like that. I mean, everybody, like I said, is so friendly, and you're next thing you know, you're sitting and you're just drinking with locals and you're having conversation. They love Americans over there and and you know as, as natives they're they're just it's in their blood to be friendly and yeah. and uh and fun to hang out with so I, I went to dublin for a five-day bender in spain uh when i was in, in spain <laughs> yeah. all right already went to dublin and uh i went with again f- uh, three other buddies uh, we were in this one pub in the Temple Bar area, and they wanted to go on to do more pub hopping. And I, I liked the guys that we're, we're hanging out with. So I said, I'll, I'll meet you up. We'll, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll text you or whatever. And next thing you know, like three hours later, they come back. Like they expected me to join up with them, and they never got a text back. And they come back, and we're all like hugging each other and singing <laughs> nice. songs and everything. That's right. And uh, my, it was my first night. I lost my credit card, sunglasses, and jacket all in one night. <laughs> That's, That's a good night. That was a good night. That was a good night. That's a good night. That's funny. Hey, last night was another big night for you because uh, it was the last night of the Phillies' authentic fan promotion. Yeah, we, a very cool promotion by yeah, NBC Sports I was going to say, it looked like you were into it. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. You know, we, we get Section 201, which is a great place to watch the game, by the way. And uh, I think they had over 600 fans sign up uh, this year through the different uh, 
you know, I think we had six different nights and 600 fans total. And, um, yeah, we gave away some sweet tickets last night. We gave away some Diamond Club tickets last night. And, uh, you know, all in all, I think the folks had a lot and of fun. And John Kruk loves that hat. He loves that He wears that hat all the time. I think John likes any hat. He just doesn't <laughs> like to comb his hair. That's, that's <laughs> but the secret behind the hat. It's like Murph. You're like a cross between Santa Claus and Monty Hall. You know what I mean? It's I like, dropped an Oprah out there last night. I'm like, oh, you Oprah. get some seats and that's you it. get some seats. That's it, Oprah. Yeah. That's who you're like. But, yeah, uh, but that is a great section up there. It is. It's it is. a very cool perspective. and uh, You can look down on the yard. If you go up to the top, you look back down over the new the new yard. Well, not so new anymore, yeah. I guess. But uh, So when you're walking around the ballpark, how many times? to you hear Murph, 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 Murph. <laughs> uh, an awful lot, which which is which is great. I have one of those names I think that everybody remembers because then if you stop and talk to them, they're like, Tom Murphy, how you doing? Or, or Chris Murphy. I get all kinds of first names, but the last name most folks um, know and, and like to yell out. Uh, we take a lot of pictures, a lot of photographs. Everyone has a camera in their pocket now, so um, we do a lot of that. But uh, it's it's awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's so now, much fun. taking you back, Tom and I were both separately on your show way back when mm-hmm. on CN8 down on Delaware Avenue. That's right. The name of the show was? Well, was, back then it was Lou Tilly's show. Lou Tilly's show. Then the you'd fill in. And, and I would fill in. Then yeah. you'd fill in for Lou Tilly. I would. And I, I was on a panel one time. The Lou's Cannons. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so it was Tom. Cannons, yep. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. That was. That was a long time ago. And then to to tell us about your – how did you get into the broadcasting? Well, I got into broadcasting in college at St. Joe's because I had – when I was a freshman, I went with my buddy who had this idea that he was going to be a morning DJ to the student radio station meeting that had just restarted up my freshman year. And they were literally filling every position because it was brand new. And so there's all of these, you know, kids. All these cool cats that were into music and stuff, kind of like yourself, John. And um, Tom too, don't forget. Yeah, and, uh, well, you know, are you a big music guy? Uh, too? Yeah, I don't, I don't call myself guy. a cool cat. Though. Well, John I, does, I did not call, call myself a cool cat. Cool cat. Right. K, by the kind of like you two cool cats. And um, <laughs> he's a big Jackson Brown fan. <laughs> so, so anyway, they they said, hey, does anyone want to broadcast the basketball games? And all these music folks were looking at each other like basketball. You know, what's that? And I was like, yeah, I will. And honestly, that's how I got started. I started calling St. Joe's basketball games as a freshman. Did it for four years. Isn't that amazing that somebody would just come in and say, we need somebody to do it? You'd think they'd be lining up outside you would think, the door. But I'm telling you, these were all like real like you know, mm. indie music kind of folks. Okay, that yeah. you know, It's a student radio station on, on a college campus. It was a chance And they're to, listening to like Lloyd Cole and the commotions. Yeah. You know, they don't know who the, the starting center of the basketball team exactly is. Exactly right. And they that's a sports guy. And my buddy, who was very much into music, still is, He's the one that dragged me there. I never even – I was going to be a lawyer. That was my career path. Really? And, uh, yeah. Wait, yeah. I thought you tried to be something else. Well, after I graduated St. Joe's and did not immediately get a job in television or radio, I did answer an ad in the paper, the Philadelphia Inquirer. What did that Inquirer ad say? It said something like, looking for fun, ambitious, outgoing person to fill sports – Role or something. It had something to do with sports, something to do with sense of humor and fun. And my father saw it and he said, You should answer this. And I did. And it turned out to be for the Philly Fanatic. That's right. To be a best the, friend of the, the Philly Fanatic. Is, is it 93? This was 1994. Right the original so best friend of the Fanatic. That's decided right. He no longer wanted to be friends <laughs> He didn't with want to be friends <laughs> with the Fanatic. He left the Fanatic <laughs> yeah. high and dry. Um, and then, uh, you know, I uh, I was uh, also a friend of the Fanatic, so I kind of uh, stepped in and elevated to the best friend status. Yeah. <laughs> but we were looking for another friend, and I guess that's when you saw that ad. And I also Earth. was looking for a friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> so did 
did you have to dance with the fanatic? So the first, if I remember correctly, and this is a long time ago at this point, but if I remember correctly, the first, um, we had to write an essay, and then I got a phone call asking me to come down to the vet, and um, when I got there, I was interviewed, and I remember being asked, like, you know, kind of those oddball questions, yeah. if you were a tree, what kind of tree yeah. would you be? Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Was this, I was a, was the this one a panel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no. At first, I think it was one-on-one. It, it, again, if I remember correctly, and I got past that part, mm-hmm. and I remember being called back and having to go into the visitor's locker room. Yeah, that's where the right setup event, was. Where, yeah. where there was a panel of... So you were on that I panel? I was on the panel, and yeah. I know you were. I was there, you were of on course. Yeah. And you guys were up at a table, and I didn't know either of you at the time. And uh, and there was a big boom box on the table, right? Yes. Am I right? Yes. And I guess there were some more questions at that point. Yes. And then someone reached over with a big grin, pressed play on the boom box, and said, dance. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I was like, you know, if you've ever seen Elaine from Seinfeld, that was pretty much my... That's why, John, I think it was like, okay, uh, well, uh, next! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like you could hear the door big, slamming behind yeah. me, and I'm like, well, that went well. That big stage cane coming yeah, out to grab cane. Uh, So it took me, you know, 20 years to get back to the organization. Uh, so. wow. Look at you now. I'll tell you. All right? Yep. Look at yeah. that is right. It Steve Murph. all meant to be. We, we share a bond. <laughs> we do. You know? We do. I never got to put – well, I never got – the full okay, the full experience. experience. Okay, is that, is that a good way to say? Yeah, it? that but you is. don't have resentment towards Tom and I. Do. <laughs> no, he has. He yeah. has more. As a matter of fact, it's been all leading up to this moment. This is where I ruined your podcast. <laughs> well, you know, John, we were talking about it the other day. Uh, I'm not the only one to reject Murph back in his. Uh, in oh, his oh, you early... met her too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Murph's dealt with a lot of rejection in his life, but there is also another member of this Phillies organization oh, who. Yes. Who rejected Murph at a very young and impressionable oh, age. I knew who that was. Yeah. We didn't have him on this year. No, we didn't. The bowl. Good. The bowl. The Greg Lazinski. <laughs> Murph, you got to tell that story, too. You were in high school, right? Yeah, so I was in high school. So I, let me say this. Murph, it gets better. We're going to tell positive <laughs> stories. We're going to tell positive this stories has been a blast, in the second half. Yes. And then we're going to grill you on the quiz. Can we talk about that uh, Italian city Dublin again? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I will say this. The story of me being cut by Greg Luzinski in high school has been greatly exaggerated over the years. And that that's true. Um, Tom McCarthy has made it like <laughs> yeah, of this, course he this has. complete story of its own. Yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is I played baseball. My So Greg uh, arrived the year before me as the head coach of the freshman team. They had like 200 kids try out that year. I was in eighth grade at the time. And then the next year, he was promoted to the varsity coach. I came in as a freshman. This and is Holy Spirit? Holy Cross. Holy Cross. Holy Cross High School. And I came in, and there was about 100 kids that tried out for freshman baseball that year. And I did make the team. I actually had a pretty good season uh, my freshman year, but I was on the freshman team. Sophomore year, uh, I made the JV team. Greg was still the varsity coach. By the end of the sophomore year, a couple of us were on the bench for varsity, but I never played. Junior year, I came back out thinking, all right, now I'll be a varsity player. My junior year, I'm going to make the varsity team. They had a very good team, including Ryan Lazinski, Greg's son there mm. at the time. Um, and uh, I broke my hand. And my junior year, uh, right as tryouts started, I broke my hand playing volleyball um, in gym class. And that was it. I, I, I couldn't play again that season. And by the time senior year came around, uh, there was no way I was I was making the team. I knew that, and uh, I wasn't. If I did make the team, I wasn't going to play. So, um, so Greg didn't actually cut me. He was, uh, 
you know, it was. But it makes for a better story. It does make for a better story. <laughs> yeah. So, in other words, Greg said, "Get the hell out of here," he's, and then I was. Gone. He's off the hook a little bit there, I would yeah. think. Yeah. All right. But what, what I what I do say to Greg all the time is, "Do you remember me?" And he's like. No, no. I don't <laughs> you I think he just adds on to the insult. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he has zero recollection of that time. Um, we had three or four players on our varsity team that made it to the big leagues. So we, they had a really good team. Yeah, you know. I guess so. I, I shouldn't say the big leagues. Ryan did not. Ryan got as high as Double A, uh, but Joe Hudson played for the Red Sox. Um, we had a couple couple guys. Make- but without your injury, you think you were in the mix, right? I Junior year, I think I probably mm-hmm. would have been in the mix as a, as a bench player. Um, mm. I was starting to my, – my skill level was starting eh, to we'll go down blame, at that We'll blame the bull. That's yeah, easier to do. Let's blame the bull. I, I agree. <laughs> all right. This is good stuff, Murph. Uh, let's, let's take a quick break, We're going to do a positive second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're sure going to talk about all. Paul Abdul. Yeah, don't count on Let's talk Paul Abdul after the break. That'd be nice. All right. We'll be right back after this. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. All right, we are back. And, John, we shouldn't have taken a break then because there's a whole second part of this. Uh, Rob, did you have that tape rolling right there? <laughs> All right. So Murph gets cut by the ball. I like that story <laughs> Let's better. go with cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that led to – so you couldn't play baseball. So, right. so Murph, explain to the listeners what you got into. It led to maybe your broadcasting <laughs> career. All right, so – I was a uh, when I when senior year rolled around, I knew I wasn't playing baseball. I was on student council. I was one of the the senior class officers, and the woman that was in charge of student council was also in charge of uh, the theater program at, at Holy Cross. And she asked a bunch of us, uh, "Hey, come on, you got to try out for the school musical." And so a, a bunch of us did. It was it was kind of a thing. We actually tried out partly as a group. There was like six or seven of us uh, guys, you know. Guys that have played baseball, guys that have played football, and you had had no uh, experience doing Zero theater experience. before. No, no theater experience whatsoever. And could you sing? I could sing well enough. Could you dance? Uh, they taught me to dance. Okay. Let's put it that way. So I went into the tryouts with like five or six other guys, and we were, we sang "Under the Boardwalk," uh, the song, and nice. kind of sang it, you know. And it was because what it, was the show's name? Uh, uh, the show was called "Anything Goes." Anything that we goes. Were trying out for so. Um, at one point during the tryout, they said, okay, all right, everyone stop. Uh, you know, hey, Murph or Greg, why don't you tr- try singing this? And so I sang a couple things. And then and then they asked another guy to do that. And they came back to me and asked me to do it again. And so about a week later, I'm walking down the hallway, and the the woman who I'm speaking about, Miss Dennis, said, uh, hey, did you check the, the list for the kids that made this school show? I said, no. I said, but do I have a speaking part? Did I get a speaking part? Because that's really all I wanted. I wanted to have like, like a name in the program. And it turned out that I had gotten the lead in the school musical, which I immediately turned down. I said, no way. I was meant to sing four songs by myself, solos, solo dance at one point. Wow. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't do it? No. I, so they, it took some convincing, but I eventually he did it. said yes. And I can honestly tell you it's one of the 
best things I've ever done really? in my entire life. Oh, that's great. And if I ever get the courage, I know Glenn Macdow's doing something. Yeah, uh, he is. Similar. Guys and dolls. If thing. I ever get the courage to do it again, <laughs> I, I really want to. I want to do some community theater. I want to do. Um, so were the girls going nuts days. for you in the uh, stands? Yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bradley Cooper. You could do, you could have written and directed A Star Is Born. He's going to make it yeah. big next month with uh, that show. That could have been I told you. you. I, I talked about that. Uh, did I talk yeah. about that last show? No, I don't think you did. You went I, to the premiere. I saw the premiere. I'm telling you, Murph. Wow. I mean, it's it was a, a you know I'm on the board of the film office and they had yeah. the Philadelphia premiere. Bradley Cooper afterwards did a question and answer session with the crowd, and I was blown away. The band, Bradley Cooper, first of all, I think he can do anything, right? Because he was a chef in the one movie, and um, but in this one he's a, he actually sings. They recorded the, the live performances at Glastonbury. He went up there with Willie Nelson's son's band, wow. Lucas Nelson who's phenomenal in his own right, and they recorded that the, only the first five rows of Glastonbury could hear it, right? Okay. And the other people had no idea what was going on. <laughs> they just, right? They probably thought it was like just some town check, whatever. But they actually made it look like it was a real you know, act, and they, they filmed somewhere else as well. But, yeah, the music is incredible. Again, Lucas Nelson, Jason Isbell, who's... Uh, Love who's, him. Yeah. Love he, him. He's, he wrote some of the songs. Okay. Lady Gaga. I don't really know much about Lady Gaga other than just tabloid you know, fodder. And she never acted before, did not wear makeup, was absolutely riveting, was awesome. Now, here we go. When I, John texted me, he said, I just saw this movie, and then I called you, and I was like, how, you know, how was it? It was good. And it's like, Tom? I'm like, I know what happened. John got weepy yeah. when Lady Gaga I got started you, I'm singing. I'm not the most emotional person, I'll admit it, right? <laughs> but I tell you, when she came out, like she was a nobody, and she comes out on the stage, she's, she doesn't want to do it, and yeah, Bradley Cooper nervous. forces her to get up there, and, and she just like... Uh, it was like one of those things. It's stuff. almost like watching an Olympic. Like I, for some reason, I I do. And during the Olympics, when somebody just, you know, you you, just, you think to yourself all the time and effort and work that went into getting to that point. And this is their highlight of their. Yeah. And it just, you know, it kind of brings you a little bit of Man, emotional. You, you cried. I, I'm with it. I don't I, know if I cried. I welled up. Is there a difference? I'm an emotional guy. I probably cry. Yeah. I, I always tell people. People say, Hey, if you weren't a broadcast, if you, if you weren't a sportscaster, what would you do? And I, you know, the dream. For me, and I don't have, you know, not even close to the an ounce of talent towards it. But I'd love to be on Broadway. Like I'm a huge Broadway guy, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I go to see stuff uh, in New York all the time. And I just think those people are the most incredibly talented mm. people on the and planet. And courageous, so. what you said. I mean, Absolutely. think about that. There, there, there's, no, there's no safety net. No there's net. a safety net in TV and movies. Sure. Right? Because you can go cut and re- yeah. reshoot it. They're, they're, they're right out there. It's, it's incredible. But I'm telling you, that experience in high school for me was, the, I'd put it in the top three best things I've ever known. We, we saw. You ever you ever hear uh, the, the play once? There was a movie once. I just went and saw it when I was in California. Yeah. yeah. So the movie is phenomenal, and Jill and I went to see the play, and it's there's music throughout. And Jill and I we we got a steak dinner at the Capitol uh, Grill, and then uh, so we rush the steak dinner. We get up there. I I'd had a couple of drinks, and during the during the play again it was loud music going. My stomach was rumbling, but the only person I could hear is myself and maybe <laughs> Jill a little bit. Well. <laughs> Got towards the end of the play, and again, music throughout the whole time. It finally comes to the climax of the movie. He's going to announce whether he's going to New York, and they're going to basically separate. You know, a big part, a big moment of the, of the play, and it gets real quiet. And right when it gets quiet, my stomach, I swear, goes. <laughs> like, <laughs> felt like half the theater could hear it. I literally looked at Jill, and I was so mortified that we just got out of there. 
I had the music on my phone. <laughs> from it that was. show? Yes. Yeah. The song from Once won the Academy Award for Best Song. I'm not familiar with that show. It was yeah. a Tony Award winning show. It was oh. fantastic. How it takes it? place in that country called and, yeah, Ireland. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. oh, then I got to go see it yeah. in, uh, uh, in England. Japan. <laughs> All right, so Murph, going back to baseball, okay? Yeah. Now, obviously, you're in the stands a lot, and you're interviewing different celebrities. And I've, I've asked this before in another format, but the uh, Paula Abdul. Yes. She loved you. <laughs> well, I don't know if she loved me or not, but we did. We, we, we shared a moment. Yes, you did. And we this did. was when she was here. Uh, you don't know, know this story? I don't know this story because I, I had my I moment. With, I, I thought I was this. the only one with a Paul Abdul moment. You have no, a Paul Abdul absolutely. moment? Oh, what does that say? <laughs> yeah, well, she gets around a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead. But Murph, I want to hear this. Serious, I thought I was the only one. Well, so this was years ago. Yeah. And, and Tom and Here at the bar. Yeah, here at the bar. Tom and Sarge were in the booth, and I was out getting ready to interview Paula Abdul. And she was in a suite down the down the third base line and I went into the suite and her people were in there and she wasn't and I and I said well I'm, you know I'm here to interview Paula Abdul I was top of the fourth inning and they're like oh well it's going to be a couple minutes Paula needs a couple minutes and I'm like okay and people were going in and out of the bathroom in the suite and kind of you know it was all very weird and um Top of the fourth goes, bottom of the fourth, top of the fifth. And I'm telling my producer, yeah, she's, she's here, but she's not coming out yet. But she'll be out soon. And finally, I think it was the bottom of the fifth, she comes out. And I introduce myself, and she kind of, like, looks at me and said, oh, okay. And, you know, we're gonna, it's going to be fine. We'll have an interview. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be a disaster, you know? So Because we, she, you think she was hitting the bottom of the fifth? Oh, I, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> I, I have no idea. She just didn't seem real... Excited or jazzed to be there. Okay. And so we sit down, and we're in the front row, and uh, they they throw it to me. Tom McCarthy throws it to me. And as he does, she takes on this new, mm. like, personality. And she was fantastic. The best. She was such a great interview. Yes. She was so personable, and she was funny, and we joked. She had bright red pants on. I was, she's a bright Dodgers red fan. pants on. And I yes. said, look, you know, you look like you're a Phillies fan. You got your red pants. And, oh, you know, we just had this great conversation we finish up the interview i go to send it back to tom and sarge and she leans over and gives me a kiss (laughs) and sarge went nuts (laughs) yeah he did jealous he was very jealous he's like maybe paula can come up to the booth (laughs) right after Alyssa milano (laughs) yeah exactly and it became this this very big thing they kept replaying the kiss in slow motion and there was animation of hearts coming out and now, it when you funny. threw it back, did you have a moment after she was she on the was air? She was beyond delightful. Yeah, I, I'm telling yeah. you, she. I don't know what. Maybe there's something that was she was dealing with before the interview, and she seemed a little distracted. But after the interview, I sat and talked to her for 15, 20 minutes. Um, it was when she was on American Idol, and um, so we were talking about that, and I was talking about my kids enjoying the show, and uh, she was just absolutely spectacular after that. It was well, a great interview. Too. I mean, Murph, so my story, she, it was the same day. She had the, I mean, you can go on YouTube and see the fanatic dancing oh, with I Paul bet. Yeah. Are you I trying mean, to one-up Murph here? I'm sorry, but it's, it's, it's one of my favorite... <laughs> the positives. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, right, man. Yeah, yeah. You're bringing him down again. <laughs> don't, we're on. bringing you go down ahead. again, Murph. I don't mean to do this, but no, it's we're sharing Paula Dole here, you know, in a way. <laughs> <Yes>. But, uh... <laughs> uh no, she... <laughs> Brooks, he's shaking his head right here. <laughs> 
she agreed to dance with the Fanatic, and uh, she couldn't have been more delightful. She came down yeah. to the Fanatic's dressing room, talked about, you know, what we're going to do, and uh, at one point she left, and then, you know, she was so cute. Like, three minutes later, she, there was a knock on the door, and she poked her head in, and she said, now, what's that move we're doing after? You know, she just couldn't have been nicer. But at one point she said, now, why don't we can – you, can you just, you know, let's just go over a couple moves. I want to see what you do. How do you normally dance? And so oh, the Fanatic – <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fanatic pulls one. Uh, yeah, it's that typical move. shoulder roll. Yeah. It's a so shoulder yeah. roll thing where you kind of go back and forth like this. And she steps back, puts her hands on her hips, and goes, uh, "I invented that move." Because <laughs> she was a choreographer, right. Right. and she goes, "I actually invented that move." I'm like, "Oh, well, okay." She can dance. She can. Wow. And, and I she tell you, dance. when we were out on the field, I mean, it was just uh, you know, with, I was out there with the fanatic. The fanatic danced with Paul, and it is you can YouTube it, and it's just her reaction to the fanatic and the fanatic's reaction to her was just great. And she just couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. What, what celebrity were you most excited to interview? I get that question all or, the time. Or the most nervous you were. You know what? I, I, I rarely get nervous with the celebrities for a couple of reasons. Because they're almost always very gracious. Yeah, and, it, and because of that, it just kind of puts you at ease. And I don't get all caught up in the whole idea of yep. being a celebrity. That said, um, Don Cheadle was a little intimidating. Um, and I love him, and I think he is one of the best actors in Hollywood. Um, and I interviewed him at City Field in New York, and he was he was great. Don't get me wrong. He was great. But uh, there, there was a little moment of apprehension when we first started because I couldn't get him to warm up to me mm. before the camera started right. rolling. Um, <clears throat> but afterwards, he was terrific, too. So, so him, it would be probably the one. Um, I, I really should sit down at one point and write down all the celebrities that I've gotten a chance to talk to because there's it's been dozens yeah, it's and dozens a great, and dozens. a great list. And I can never recall them when someone asks me that question. You're so, Murph, listen, you're so great out in the stands, and you know uh, I don't know what your aspirations are other than being a, a song and dance man on in, on Broadway. <laughs> but, I have one dream left. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you do play-by-play, uh, play, I mean, how much do you love that? And I think when you do it, you're great. There's no, uh, you know, I mean, there's you, you crush it. But do you like doing play-by-play? Play? I do. I do really enjoy it. I, I, but I also realize that I, I have a long way to go to being where I would like to be, where I would be totally comfortable doing it daily. What, what Tom McCarthy is able to do mm. on a daily basis is is just – it's truly remarkable. And Scott Fransky, too, the amount of preparation that they put in, the amount of uh, talent that they have, and just the amount of passion that they bring to their jobs each and every day. It you know People do not understand. I understand because I've done it. I've tried to do it. So I can honestly say I understand what it is that they do on a daily basis and how difficult it is. John, you've done it. You've you've done it. I so, tried to help Murph the other day. That's right. He oh, wanted me brother. to use his home. I yeah. did too. <laughs> there was home run when, when, when that game, when we had like six home runs, yeah. you know, after the third home run, I said, Murph, feel free to use my grandma hide the cookie jar. <laughs> oh, no, home run that one again. <laughs> In the middle of the game. And also that's when the one guy hit the, whatchamacallit, Walding hit the home run. That's and right. I'm waiting for Murph, of course, <laughs> to do it. use my well, line, but he didn't. You're not doing out of here anymore because you did spring training a few years ago. It was like one of your first uh, yeah. play-by-plays and you said, I'm not going to do out of here. I'm not going to do out of here. And sure enough, that, it just popped out. Yeah, when you grew up out in Philadelphia here. listening yeah. to Harry Callis, you have to. Well, you, you know you shouldn't, but right. it's almost, you can't yeah. help it sometimes. And yeah. you do. You have to remind yourself not to say that because it's what I said in my backyard a billion <laughs> times when Exactly, I was a, a billion times. Yeah. We've all done it. And the other way I tried to help him out the other night, <laughs> it was Halloween night and they were showing, they were showing, um, 
uh, kids dressed up in Halloween costumes. It was pretty cool. It was a good theme night that we had. And uh, Murph says, so, uh, you know, Mike, uh, do you ever, you know, your, any Halloween costumes that you remember when you were a kid? And he goes, yeah, one year I dressed up as the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and and, and uh, Murph goes, ah, and you had your uh, your horse uh, Trigger, too? <laughs> and and Schmitty goes, wrong horse. <laughs> so womp, I texted. Womp. Greatest third baseman in baseball history. <laughs> so I texted Murph. I'm like, it's Hi-Ho Silver away, not Hi-Ho Trigger away. <laughs> this may come as a surprise to you, Tom, but you were like one of 7,000 people to, to reach out to me and tell me that I had made that mistake. You made that mistake, and uh, it's cool, Murph, because, listen, you, you didn't grow up in the 50s. I That's mean, right. you know. You, you, and Murph, it, it, don't worry. <laughs> don't let this guy tell you anything because the fanatic in Puerto Rico wore a sombrero and a poncho <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and performed a La Bamba, which is Mexico, 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 and we were in Puerto Rico. The fanatic is uh, geographically challenged. That's oh, I think we, we learned that earlier in the program. So. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, I think it might be time. What yeah, do you think, let's, let's administer uh, the challenge. This uh, podcast Murph, is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it's humiliating. Well, it's t- wait till you get well, this. Yeah, right. Brazier's going to give you yeah, a trivia. Tom, Tom humiliated for the first 45 <laughs> minutes, and I'm going to humiliate for the next. All, All right. right. Take it away, Johnny. Uh, I don't even know how many questions. I just wrote a bunch of questions, okay. so we'll see how we do. Tom, what does he win? Uh, how about the, 2000, the PGW 2019 schedule fathead that all fans are going to get wow. uh, on Fan Appreciation Day, the last game of the season? You know what? That's what you're going to get, Murph. Okay. If you can get, what, five of eight? Or... Yeah, we'll give you five. We're, we're, pretty, right. we're pretty loose in this program. All right. <laughs> and basically, as you know, we go with areas of expertise. Right. Okay? But I didn't have any, so then you went to the next <laughs> well, best we, thing, we, right? Well, we just figured what your areas of expertise, okay? So first question. Uh, in swingers... Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm just You were going to work it a different just, way. I'm just <laughs> Since you like swimming. Since, since you, you like swingers. swingers. Yeah. You, had a, you worded Wait, it the wrong yeah, way. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, got, I got a good laugh out of Rob Brooks on that one. Right. <laughs> a little bit of panic out of Murph. Uh, yeah. All right, I started um, to sweat right there. The, <laughs> come on now. All right. In the movie Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Right? I know you love Revenge of the Nerds. All right. This is a hard one. You Great might not movie. get this one. Lewis and Gilbert attended Adams College, right? Yep. Which university did the shooting of the film actually take place? Oh. Uh, was it, this is going to be. Oh, get, no, it's multiple choice? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. is, was it uh, UConn? No. Was it Arizona? Was it UCLA or UNLV? Ooh. Um, I would say it was. <clears throat> I don't think it was UCLA. I'll say UNLV. I was Arizona. Oh. All right, we'll go John, easy put one. Put your thing down because I can see the answers oh, on the back. Okay. Uh, right. We don't want to let Murph right. Thanks doing, a lot. Some, <laughs> doing some peeking right. over there. Uh, who and, wins uh, the javelin throwing contest? Oh, yeah, I know Was that. it Stan Gable, Wormser, Ogre, or Lamar Latrell? It was Lamar, Lamar. Latrell. All right. That was Lamar. the best. We'll Lamar. give you one more in that category. Okay. Uh, in which contest at the Greek Games did Booger beat Ogre? Was it the belching contest? Stop. A Belching contest. Belching contest. Belching. Right. For, sure. for added bonus, which frat finally accepted Lewis and Gilbert on, on probational terms? Oh, um, Was it Lambda, Lambda, Lambda? Yeah. All right. Okay. You got yeah. that. Are they all A? <laughs> all right. You, you did well moves. on that one. Yeah. All right. Ready? Yeah. Which subject was not 
listed in Jeopardy when Cliff Clavin was a participant. Oh. Okay? This, what, what, what subject was not listed when he played Jeopardy? Uh, okay. okay. Celibacy, bar snacks, stance from around the world, civil servants. I know this one. Mm. Celibacy, uh, bar yeah. snacks, stance from around the world, civil servants. I'm going to say civil servants. No. no. Tom? Bar snacks. Bar snacks. Oh, exactly see, right. I thought maybe that was All there. right. Now we're going to go into real estate. Okay. I've got a couple of real estate. Okay. Ready? Exclu- because because I'm a real estate agent in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. That's right. Thank Pennsylvania, you. New Jersey. And that's what you do in the off season. That's right. Yeah, you want to further plug your uh, situation? Uh, uh Give me a call if you want to buy or sell a house in Pennsylvania nice. or New Jersey. And how did they get in touch with you, Greg? Uh, you can email me at gmurphy at wiker.com. See that? Look at that. That's yeah. a good plug right there. All, All right. right. Excluding the U.S. government, who is the world's largest landowner? Is it Donald Trump, the Queen of England, King Abdul of Saudi Arabia, or Ted Turner? I'm going to say the the gentleman from Saudi Arabia. It is the Queen of England. Really? 6.6 billion acres of land wow. worldwide. I should send her my card. All right, this is right up your alley for real estate, right? Yeah. This yep. is going to put your uh, put your thinking cap on. What are the three best indicators of real estate market trends? Is it A, <laughs> oh, unemployment rates, existing short sales, new home building? Is it B, existing short sales, new home sales, existing home sales? Is it C, unemployment rate, new home sale, existing home sales? Or D, existing home sales, new home building, mortgage interest rates? That is a terrible question. <laughs> that it's might a, be the worst question. Uh, <laughs> yes, is it? You, you are correct. All right. It's D. It's D. All right, D. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll end with Jimmy Buffett since you are okay, a parrothead. Yeah. And you need this one for the fathead, by the way. You've got oh. four one of two. He's got to get one seven. of the two. He's got to okay. get one of the two. Oh, two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right, go ahead. In which song does Jimmy Buffett mention rolling in the sand in Montserrat? Ooh. Okay. Was it Pascula Run? Was it Finns Miss You So Badly or Volcano? Well, I know it's not Finns, and I know it's not Volcano. Um, I'll say Miss You So Badly. It's actually Finns, right? Huh. What? Yeah, we got to get the lyrics up. How about that? We'll get I the lyrics up. Either, Murph. All right, you, you got to get this, this one. one, pal. Uh-oh. In which song did Jimmy Buffett conclude some business in Aruba? Does that make sense? Some business in Aruba. Was it? Was it African Friend? Uh-huh. Was it Tin Cup Chalice? Was it yeah. Pencil Thin Mustache or In the Shelter? Uh, I believe that would be A. African friend. Business yes. in Aruba concluded. Oh. We never had a little money. We, we now had a little money to spend. That's how I came to meet my African friend. Clutch, Murph. Clutch. You Pulled that one through. out the end. You sure it did. I need to check out the lyrics for Fins. I don't Montserrat. remember that Montserrat. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. reputation's on the line here if it's not in there. No, I, I trust you. <laughs> I'll do trust. 10 push-ups. <laughs> Murph, this has been a slice of life. <laughs> it has been What have we real. learned, Tom? What have we learned? We learned that uh, Paul Abdul is in love with the Philly fanatic. <laughs> right. <there you> go. <laughs> we learned that Murph, oh. Murph is a, uh, a leading thespian in high school. Yeah, in high school. Yep. That's true. It's good stuff. He's a real estate mogul. That's right. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> And how's your hand? Is it has it is it uh, is it okay after your high school injury? Is <laughs> he likes, it, uh, oh, yeah, he likes you know, swinger look, movies. My thumb is still screwed up. Yeah, look at see that. See that? Huh? That's from high school. That's right from high school. If this podcast was on video, we would see that. <laughs> Trust that's, me, that's our next step. Still screwed up. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we're coming to the close of our season of our podcast right now, John. We have one more yeah, next one week. One more. Yeah, we we're going to Jim Jackson. Jim Jackson. Jim. 
Brooks. Yep. So we're we're uh, winding down. Uh, Rob Brooks, thanks for everything you do back there. What is it you do back there? <laughs> and uh, Murph, thanks again for being Wait, here. Rob Brooks is back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at look at that. He's the glue. He's uh, the glue. Believe he me. John, once again, great time. Murph, thank Fun. you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, and, Tom. And uh, we'll see you next time. In the meantime, we'll see you at the ballpark. <laughs>